You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. My daughter and son have just started swim lessons. Uh, my daughter is 10. She's been around water a little bit more than her five-year-old brother, Wes. And uh, she just barrels into the water any way she can. She just, she loves the water. And when they were teaching uh, kids how to dive, um, she just threw herself in like full belly flop and uh, was just like smiling when she came up. She just like loved it. She's like, that kind of hurt, but I got in the water. She just, any way she can get roll in, fall in, belly flop in, um, she loves to get in the water. My son, on the other hand, it, it's a totally different story. He doesn't trust the, the the swim teacher quite yet or the other swim teachers. Like, what do they really know? And can they be trusted? And so he's had this longer, slower relationship with water where he'll like hold onto the side and dip his leg in, slowly get in. If someone gets too close, he'll get out. And it's been, it's like pulling teeth just to get him to like trust the teacher to hold him in the water for a second. And then he wants to get away. Um, but slowly, ever so slowly, he's he's uh, getting used to the water. So when it comes to God's kingdom, when it comes to learning to live a life of love like Jesus, God doesn't care if you jump in quickly or it takes you a while. He just wants you to get in the water. In fact, getting in the water is uh, often a Christian picture for faith. If you look through the Old Testament and New Testament, amazing things happen around water, especially the immersion into water. Um, this idea of of baptism or, or immersion it's is really this it's a it's a picture of grace that points to a deeper reality um and if you look at uh someone like pastor paul the author of a lot of the new testament he talks about being baptized into christ like the origin story of crossing the red sea uh, for the people of israel moving from slavery to freedom from hopelessness to hope pastor paul writes in first corinthians chapter 10 Brothers and sisters, I want you to be sure of the fact that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all went through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So for for Paul, he saw such a a connection to this journey of freedom um, from the Old Testament to this journey of, of full freedom in Christ, in Jesus. So baptism is an immersion into God's love found in the mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, that there's this immersion into that kind of love and life. Baptism also symbolizes, you know, um, every individual being launched into their ministry to love the world like Jesus. Um, It's just, it's such a beautiful picture. But I want to look at a New Testament um, moment that helps us understand the power of belief, of faith and trust in Jesus, and baptism. Let's look in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Peter says this. He's one of the apostles. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man whose credentials God proved to you through miracles, wonders, and signs, which God performed through him and among you. You yourselves know this. He's talking to a a Jewish crowd in the time um, after Jesus' death and resurrection. 
In verse 23, he says, in accordance with God's established plan and foreknowledge, he was betrayed. You, with the help of wicked men, had Jesus killed by nailing him to the cross. Just stopping for a moment, could you imagine being in the crowd and having uh, a teacher say this and and then pick everybody out and say, you were a part of this horrible thing. So Jesus was nailed on the cross, and those gathered, you um, were collectively a part of a, a perspective, part of a community that did this. But in verse 24, he says, God raised him up. God freed him from death's dreadful grip, since it was impossible for death to hang on to him. If we move forward to verse 32, Peter continues, this Jesus God raised up. We are all witnesses to that fact. He was exalted to God's right side and received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And he poured out this spirit, his spirit, and you are seeing and hearing the results of of his having done so. In this moment, um, this is a very powerful moment for the early church. You know, the Holy Spirit's uh, come down on the leaders and it's it's, it says it was like flames of fire. There was something incredible that happened and caused all these people to listen. And Peter starts teaching about Jesus and sharing the good news of Jesus. And in verse 34, he, he says, David, you know, the ancestor David, King David, didn't ascend to heaven. Yet he says, Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. In verse 34, he says, therefore, Let all Israel know beyond question that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. Other translations will say they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? There was this conviction of like, oh man, we were part of a community that placed all of our hatred and our evil and our upside down, wrong, uh, wrong-headed perspective. We put all of that on Jesus and, and we're part of this, this way of living that put him on a cross. And so they were cut to the heart because they realized how upside down and misguided they had been. So what are they going to do? Have you ever asked that question when you feel shame or you realize like you've been flying the plane upside down and didn't know it, or you would hurt people and didn't know it, or you did know what you were doing and and now you're like realizing just how ugly that was? And have you ever asked that question, what do I do about this? What can be done about this? And I wonder for anyone who's tuning in, what that thing is, what is cutting you to the heart? Well, let's look at Peter's response. Peter replies to all these people cut to the heart. He says, change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. Let's stop here for a moment. I think there's two key responses that we see in this. Peter is talking about how our response can be and what he encourages our response to be, and then God's response to our response. So the response that Peter lays out, like if we are cut to the heart, if we're, we're realizing how broken and 
and shame that we are, he says, change your hearts, turn your hearts and lives toward God. That's this repentance. That's what I think repentance really is. It's more about what we're turning toward. Turn toward God and believe. Trust in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Not in all these other things, not in, you know, uh, yourself or in others or in uh, economic or religious or political systems. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust him and then be baptized. Isn't that interesting? To repent and believe and be baptized. Now, look at God's response to our response when we repent, when we believe, when we're baptized, when we like align our life to God, it says that, that forgiveness comes, this alleviation of guilt and shame, forgiveness. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to us, the spirit of truth, the spirit of, of God's love and guidance in our life. God responds to our response. I love that. What shame Maybe sin and brokenness may be cutting you to the heart right now. What new sense of hope may be pulling you toward Christ right now in your life? And what would it feel like to accept God's acceptance of you? What would it feel like to accept that today, to take a step toward him today, to maybe start moving into the water or maybe taking a big leap, big belly flop into the water of faith? Believe and be baptized. Trust and immerse yourself in the Jesus life. Now, I just want to talk a moment about baptism because that could be unfamiliar for many people. Uh, again, baptism is it has this symbolic, but also this very sacred and mysterious meaning, like where it's it's God's grace uh, in our life, and it's this picture of God's grace. But let me just give you a few uh, a few images of what baptism can mean for a believer. Baptism is going public with your faith. It's like putting on the jersey. Maybe you've been on the, you know, moving toward Christ or you've been kind of in the background. Maybe you've been a part of church for a long time and maybe you've believed for a long time, but you've never like gone public with your faith. Like others don't know. People in your family don't know. People in your world don't know. Um, baptism is going public with your faith. Baptism is also the sign of a forgiven and transformed life. Um, we, we have new life when we step into a relationship with Jesus. We have a new start, a fresh start. Uh, we become changed people. Uh, and one of the most amazing uh, arguments for faith to me is, is the transformed people I've seen all over the world, all over the globe. People have been transformed, moved from something lesser, something afraid, something in shame, something um, that was needing purpose to someone who now has purpose, who is forgiven, who uh, is more generous and just new, like just, and, and, and in some ways more than they ever were. Uh, baptism is that sign uh, that a person has been changed by the grace of God. And then baptism is also the sign of joining a new family, God's family. And his family is like a tribe of tribes. It's a, a family that transcends borders and boundaries. It's the family of God um, in, in his work of forgiveness and grace is spread throughout the whole world and throughout all history. The family of God is, is his community. Um, of complete and perfect love, a family where love is always given and never earned. Now, when you look at any of the 
the the teaching and preaching or the the giving of God's good news throughout the book of Acts, there were often three responses or at least three responses. Um, the first is this: um, some scoffed, some one of the words is like jeered um, <laughs> the disciples or those giving the good news, like they laughed and didn't believe. The interesting thing is when someone's laughing and scoffing, at least they're listening. When someone's totally apathetic and not tuned in, uh, they're not listening. But you may be someone who is at that point, you listen in and you lean in, you're sitting with someone who cares about this, but you might feel a little bit like, "Ah, I'm not into this at all. Um, But at least you're listening. Another response um, often was that some were interested and wanted to learn more. They weren't convinced, but they wanted to learn more. And, and there was an act of curiosity. That might be you today, an act of curiosity, uh, leaning in and learning more about Jesus. And that's great. And then some believed and were baptized. In fact, on this day, in Acts chapter 2, this day that Peter delivers the good news, um, it says this, those who accepted Peter's message, which is believed, were baptized. God brought about 3,000 people into the community on that day. Like, this must have been crazy. What an, a crazy response. I wonder what would keep you from joining the story of Jesus today, from trusting and believing in him today? Um, what would keep you from going public with your faith and being baptized into the love of Jesus, the transformation of Jesus, and, and into the family of God? Maybe you've been, felt like, I'm not good enough, or I need to wait, I need to get my life and my act together before I'm worthy of being baptized. You know, we can all have reasons. I wonder what's preventing you or what has prevented you. You know, whether you dive in, you belly flop, or you slowly wade into the water like my son, just get in. God wants you to get in. Jesus gives us a, a life and a journey of moving slowly in if that's what it takes. You have so much to gain and so little to lose. Just get in the water. I want to invite you to take a step of faith today. Even if it's just a small step, every step of faith matters to God. Um, Maybe it's a step toward faith or into faith or into baptism. Would you just pray this prayer with me today? Heavenly Father, there's so many of us that might be tuning in from different places, and we just pray this prayer. Lord, I I pray for those that need to take a step of just leaning in and listening, maybe turning down the skeptic. Lord, we, we, we pray that we would turn that down and step toward you and just learn more about you, Jesus. And for those of us who are, are ready to step into faith with you, God, we pray God, I love you. And Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. And I give my life to you today, the best I know how. And then for those of us who are ready for baptism, God, we pray this prayer. God, would you just help remove that barrier that's been in my heart, in my life, that's preventing me from going public with my faith? I want to take a step of faith and get baptized I want to show the world that I trust you and I love you and that you have transformed me and that I'm in your family. God, I I take this step of faith today the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Let us know if you made a decision. Let us know if you uh, are, are ready to get baptized. Just 
uh, message us. We'll get back to you with a, and figure it out and get you baptized. Love you. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.